are now listening to Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankee podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome back to another episode of Podcasting in Pinstripes, the official New York Yankees podcast on the Gotham Sports Network. As always, you have Steve and Sam here. Sam, the Yankees won a game. But that's the only good thing that's happened since the last time we chatted, man. How's it going? It's going all right, Steve. Labor Day is in the books somehow. And this is where the Yankees are usually headed to their home stretch of the season uh, like they are right now. Uh, But except this has been a lot more unconventional season, of course. Much more unconventional, I should say. And the Yankees are in a position right now where they're fighting for a playoff spot. We were talking just before we got on. You said, I'm watching, we need the Mets to close out the Orioles here. And I can't believe if if you were to tell me that three weeks ago, that would need to be paying attention to that game. I'd have said something has gone terribly wrong and stuff has gone terribly wrong. The Yankees were 16 and six. They're now 23 and 22. They've gone 7 and 16, if my math serves correct, in, in their last 23 games. So that is not good. It's been a disaster. You, you gave the Yankees and, and, and one extra win and one extra loss. 22 and 21 right now. They are six back of the Tampa Rays. At one point, they were four up on Tampa for the AL East, and we thought we can close up this division early by, you know, by this time now. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. You know, they're they're two back of the Blue Jays for that second for that second spot in the AL East. You, you think that's got to be their target now because they're not going to catch the Rays with only 17 games to go. But it, it's been a debacle. You know, they they've won three of their last ten. Um, you know, these games versus the Rays are huge. Luckily, we have seven more games versus Tampa, so plenty of opportunity there to catch Toronto. Oh, sorry, seven of the seven more games versus Toronto, so plenty of opportunity to catch Toronto. But also at the same time, and the scary thing is Toronto's playing pretty well. And if we get get beat easily in those games, we're looking out of the playoffs. Um, I think 500 still makes the playoffs, as crazy as that sounds. It's, it's 2020, and there, there's weird teams all around. Um, the Yankees sit in the eighth spot, you know, one game above 500. Uh, Baltimore is, you know, they're, they're looking at teams. The teams that are chasing the Yankees are are Baltimore, Detroit, and Seattle. If the Yankees can't beat out those teams, even with half of an injured lineup and terrible bullpen work, they're, they're, there's bigger things going on that you know that the Yankees will need to take care of here. But it's stupid. The Yankees have played like absolute shit, but for some reason, I'm still not nervous. They're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think their spot in the playoffs is. I don't want to say safe right now, but I think they're gonna start playing better a little bit. We saw they have to. So they can't get worse. It can't get worse. You're right. And the, the uh, injury reinforcements should only be coming back in the next um, couple of weeks. We saw tonight. We'll mention them later in the show. Labor Torres. He's a guy that gets going. This that, that changes the Yankees lineup. You know, Luke Voigt is still hitting. DJ LeMayhew's back. And Steve, I think you 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 could amputate one of his legs and, and replace it with a prosthetic leg and 
have him miss 11 or so games and it's still come back the same. I mean, this guy's got COVID, guy's got thumb injury, and he comes back looking like he hasn't missed a step in each each return. So if the Yankees get their reinforcements back in the next couple of weeks, and even as is now, you know, Hicks with a home run last night, um, Torres, if those two guys get going, I think that changes a lot for this team. And they're getting good starting pitching. Tanaka, Hap will, you know, get to them. Pulls, you know, a different story. But they're Davey Garcia tonight. They're getting good starting pitching. Uh, they need to score runs, and they need no more bullpen debacles. It seems like tonight was a the night they put it all together, which has been really freaking rare in the last week. Sam, I think this is like this feels like the first time all year that we've had a pitcher go seven, go to Britain, go to Chapman. I know it's the first time it's happened all year because Chapman has only pitched in a couple games. But like that was the you know the ideal Yankee scenario is starting pitcher goes six seven innings, then you get you know you know whether it's you know Adovino Green for one inning, then and then Britain and then Chapman and you get the win. That doesn't happen this year. That hasn't happened due to injuries. We've had Britain on the DL. You know, Chapman, you know, missed the start of the season. And the starting pitching, like you said, has been up and down and mostly down. But let's get into the good, the bad, and the injured for this week here. Have to start with the good, even though there's not been that much. And, and it's Davey Garcia, like you said. On, on Wednesday night, goes out in Toronto. His third career MLB start. Or goes out in Buffalo, even, because they're playing those weird games. Um, and he looked awesome. He looked unreal. Seven innings. Um, uh, six innings, two runs. Only came on that that home, that two run home run early in the game. Looked like being in control. Got to give credit to Gary Sanchez for his uh, his play calling behind uh, at catchers. The first time the two of them have caught. Uh, but this kid's a real deal and absolutely needs to be in the rotation the rest of this year, no matter what. And if he pitches like he did today, the Yankees will make the playoffs, and it'll be because of the the work that that David Garcia has done here. It's been great to see, Steve. And my favorite stat from Davey Garcia, he's made three starts. Two of them have been really good. Got a little bit roughed up against the Orioles. Still struck six batters out. But only two walks in 17 and two-thirds innings. The big thing was, was the command there consistently? Did he have that strikeout stuff? Uh, And he's shown that he has both of them in three starts so far. He's got 18 strikeouts to two walks in 17 and two-thirds innings, 14 hits allowed. This guy tonight, especially against a good Toronto lineup, a lot of guys in there who seem to be a thorn in the Yankee side in the last couple of years, really did a good job of getting things under control. The offense, thankfully, I was when he gave up that two-run homer, I was so afraid – we were headed for another 2-1 two, two, loss, uh, just like half last night, uh, pitching seven brilliant innings and, you know, 2-1 loss for the Yanks. But the command for this kid is the biggest thing that I have noticed through his first uh, three starts. If you, if you told me two walks through almost 18 innings pitched before he came up against the Mets, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, and I think you said he does control the strike zone so well, and that kind of almost hurt him in some of like the prospect rankings. Was like, oh, you know, doesn't have swing and miss stuff, throws the ball over the plate too often. You know, it's pretty rare that you you know we're we're looking at you know pinpointing guys that are, that throw too many strikes. 
But he, yeah, he's been working the, he works that, that fastball really well. He's throwing 91, 92. I saw him get one up to 94 today and really hits those spots. He worked the changeup really well today. Um, you know, David Cohn gave a lot of credit to Gary Sanchez for calling the changeup there because the curveball wasn't as sharp as it was uh, versus the Mets. But overall, just, you know, Garcia showed his full repertoire of pitches versus Toronto. A team, like you said, like that, that's hitting really well. They've had a couple injuries. The injury bug kind of hit them um, the past few days too, which, you know, okay, great, we'll take it. Uh, but he's been able to perform well, and he's, he's going to be in there. He's got to be pitching seven innings. Towards the end of the game, it looked like he may have been developing a little blister on his finger. A little worried about that, but, but you know, not going not gonna to ruin the good that he's done so far. Hopefully he'll be back on the mound in, in five days. And like you said, now the, the second good is Jay Happ again. Didn't get the win on Tuesday. Should have, you know, pitched two innings, you know, six and a third run baseball. It is insane that we're talking about Davey Garcia and Jay Happ as the number one, two pitchers for the Yankees right now. Given everybody else is doing, Stocka's doing okay, kind of hit or miss. And then the struggles with Cole here. Uh, it, it's insane that these two guys are, are the one, two right now for the Yankees. And they both, they, they Happ should have deserved the win um, on Tuesday. Garcia got the win today it's here. And they both, Put a performance like the the stopper performance, um, you know that that CC Zabathia had for years. Anytime there was a losing streak, uh, CC would come in and get the stop. That's what Garcia did today. Stopped the bleeding. Hap tried to do it uh, on Tuesday here, but but two big performances from both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing about Garcia: uh, seventeen and two thirds innings so far this year with the shortened season. There's not many benefits to it in terms of the scheduling standpoint, the absurd amount of doubleheaders, but the innings limit is not going to come in to question for him. If they ride him the rest of the way, say he goes six innings, he gets three more starts, he'll have, let's say, between 33 and 39 innings, we'll call it. Um, and then the postseason, he'll be ready to go, even if they ride him fully in that. Hopefully, so, he pitches more innings in the postseason than he does in the regular season, because that means the Yankees will have you know a really long playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So that's one thing I'm keeping an eye on here. That is one of the few things I don't want to say that is an advantage. More so, it's not a worry that the Yankees have in a shortened season his innings limit. And Gay Happ, three of the last four times out, very serviceable. Uh, I said last week, I just want five innings and two or three runs, and I'll be okay. Six and a third against the Jays, 10 strikeouts. Um, his ERA is all the way down to 4-3-1. So we talked last week about the vesting option. believe it's 60 and a third or 11 starts. Uh, it doesn't look like he'll get there, but. He's going to be making a lot of big starts for the Yankees down the stretch. And like you said, who would have thought early in August in that series against the Phillies when he walked six batters in three innings, uh, he looked cooked. And I was a bit disappointed because he ended the 2019 season on a pretty good note, even gave the Yankees some good innings in the playoffs. He closed out that one game against Minnesota and then he, through three-plus innings against Houston before he gave up the walk-off home run to Carlos Correa in the uh, Game 2 of the ALCS. So, like you said, Steve, who would have thought that these two would be the two most important Yankee starters right now? And 
they're they're gonna really really need them down the stretch. But that being said, they're gonna need other guys in the rotation to step up. I mean, Cole is obviously the big talk. Um, Tanaka has been pretty good. He gave up the homer the other day, and then uh, the return of James Paxton is also gonna be pretty huge. So when uh, Paxton returns, I mean, you could be looking at Cole Tanaka. Paxton and then, you know, Happ and Garcia rounded out the rotation. And with those three healthy that we thought would be the three core of the rotation, we really didn't know who would be rounded them out at the four and five spots week in and week out. Uh, but now we do. Yeah. The hope there is for Jordan Montgomery, who struggled the past few few times out there. Um, but we'll, we'll have to see how he continues to to play out there. Uh, the other good, we're going to give two guys credit, even though they had, didn't have great weeks, but they had a couple good games that that we want to point out. That's Gleyber Torres on Wednesday. Uh, four RBIs. First home run in a long time. Only a second of the year, and he crushed it, almost 440. Uh, you mentioned it a few minutes ago. Gleyber Torres needs to perform, and if he does, that entire middle of that lineup is an absolute game changer. He's been batting fourth now behind Clint Frazier, um, and just a really good game from him. Uh, on Wednesday night here to get that early early home run there and then gets a and picks up another R, couple RBIs later in the game with a double just a, just a good game for for Torres he's had that he was on the injured list for a little bit um, but an absolute game changer if he can he can perform well and, and get the Yankees going yeah I mentioned it earlier uh, if Torres gets going in the middle of the order it's going to be a major major switch for this Yankees lineup. And this is a guy who coming into the season, first episode, we were talking about some MVP betting odds and we really love Torres. This is a kid who hit 38 home runs last year. Uh, early on in the season before he got hurt, definitely had some growing pains taking over the full-time shortstop role, but he's back right now and the Yankees need him more than ever. Like you said, four RBI tonight, you know, got on base, with a walk in the Tuesday game and then went one for four uh, in the Labor Day game. He's hitting 234. That's higher than he's been for most of the season. So, yeah, like, like you said, Steve, if he gets going, um, I think the Yankees' offense is undoubtedly in much better shape. And he looked like he was, he's been really seeing the ball better the last few days. So, the Yankees need him now more than ever, especially I'm not really sure when Judge and Stanton are coming back. It's more of a wait-and-see mode with the two of them. So right now, if Glaber Torres starts hitting, uh, if he reaches his full potential, he becomes the best middle-of-the-order Yankees bat. Yeah, and then he's been followed up the, to the, you know on Wednesday night. He was followed up by Miguel Andujar, who's getting full-time at-bats now. Uh, at the DH spot, he's played you know a random game here at third in the left field, but given the injuries, DH is the best spot for him. He hit a home run uh, on Tuesday that we thought would hopefully kickstart the Yankees' offense, or maybe it was Monday. I, who knows what day it is with the Yankees' losses? But it was the first time I've seen Miggy get like a legit bomb, and he ha I haven't seen that swing in two years. And he got a couple of singles here and there, and he roped a double. Over uh, five on Wednesday, but the Yankees won, so who cares? If, if Anduar can it's even be more of a shock for the Yankees, if he could be that, you know, sixth guy in the order and start batting like he did his rookie year, 
I mean, we're talking now, we had guys, you know, Gary Sanchez was batting there, and he's batting 100 here. If we can get some, some consistency out of that, you know, the, that five, six, seven spots in the order, insane how much that will change the Yankees' lineup and how that can get them some runs here. Uh, so, so big, big game for Mandujar a couple of days ago, even though it happened in a loss. Uh, but nice to see him swinging the bat because early in the year when he comes up for a few games and he was playing left field, he looked lost at the plate. And we know how bad Andujar's defense is. If he looks lost at the plate, there, there's no spot for him on any major league roster. So he needs a consistent bats, and he's gotten them, and it seems like his swing is, is starting to get into a rhythm. Yeah, it is. Uh, that helicopter swing, free-swinging Andujar is something I really miss seeing. And that home run on Monday night was – Really, really refreshing to see. 218 on the year. Uh, I have less hope for him to get going, um, more so than I have Torres. I, I think we probably both kind of feel yeah. that way. Um, and, and it's been tough on Andujar. Missing a lot of time last year. He tried coming back from the early uh, season shoulder injury. That clearly didn't work out. Went back on the IL, got the shoulder surgery. And then when you're talking about who this shortened season and line training effect, we talked about it with Cole last week, you know, not making excuses or whatever, but I think it definitely affects um, these players who missed a a large part of last season. Stanton, well, he's out again. Stanton and Duhar. Not only uh, are you trying to get back into the swing of things, but you're trying to do it in a season where, your slumps are a lot more prevalent because uh, of the, the schedule being, um, you know, a lot, you know, 100-plus less games. So, yeah. Brand Duhar, I didn't really expect. Uh, I wrote about him uh, before the year. I thought in the inter-squad games he looked really good. It was hitting line drives all over the field, took a Garrett Cole deep to the opposite field in one of those games. But – if he gets going, even to you know half or seventy five percent of that rookie year uh, rookie year form, where he lost out on the uh, award to Shohei Otani and the Angels, who's also having a terrible season right now. Uh, so, yeah, getting in Duhar back in that helicopter swing, and with, with the DH role, like you said, with Stanton on the DL, Judge on the DL. Um, they're definitely not going to be giving Gary Sanchez DH at bats over in Newhar right now, I'd hope. So that would be an added bonus for the Yankees if he got hot. Yeah, and he's had he's had a good good streak together. He's had 0 for 5 on, on Wednesday, but you know, two hits uh, on Tuesday, got that home run on Monday. He had uh three hits uh, in a game where he actually played third base versus Baltimore. Uh like I said, multi-hit games, he's finally, you know, those getting those coming. Um Big, big plus for the Yankees if he gets, you know, on base twice a day because we know he's not walking, really. So if he can get on base and provide some hits, um, it, that's big. So if the guy's in front of him, the, you know, the walk master Aaron Hicks is on base and you got Andujar batting fifth or sixth, if, you know, if Hicks can start off an inning with a walk like he's done a ton this year, um, and then Andujar rips a double, that, that's a run right there. So we haven't had that type of success from anyone, really, the past 20 games. Uh, so let, let's continue to put him in the lineup. Like we both said, put him at DH. He needs to just—he needs to not be in the field because his, his fielding is still a disaster out there. He had another double cut, clutch play where you know a routine ground ball became a base hit. 
So that's it. Have him at DH. Let's get that get that helicopter swing going, and, and you know, being able to pencil him in the lineup consistently is a huge plus for Aaron Boone. Um, so those are the few good things that have happened in the past week and a week that the Yankees barely won a game. Uh, the bad the bad list is the whole team. The whole team, the Yankees suck from the from from all around, and it starts with Aaron Boone. So let's start with him. He's made some some rough calls. Um, is putting it lightly. He's getting destroyed on Twitter. Needs to be fired, they said. Um, but his players need to play well. And, and they're not doing it. He's had a couple times where he's put people in positions to succeed. And he, they need to succeed. And that just hasn't happened. One time, I didn't like his move. A couple times, I didn't like his moves. But the big one was, was putting Clark Schmidt in the game when Debbie Garcia started. Um, I don't understand that move. You bring a guy in for his, his major league debut... Um, with runners on in a close game, and he's never done that really in his entire career. So, so weird move there. If if the move was, hey, he's we want him to play no matter what, then they should have started him game one over Mike King and, and let him you know get used to it like he does a normal you know setup for a game. But kind of really put Clark in a, in a tough spot, and you know I feel bad for the kid because we've been pushing how good Clark can be and how good his stuff is. Um, he's a, you, you can't get rid of your first MLB appearance, and I blame Boone for how shitty that went. Yeah, I totally agree. And there were a lot of people saying that Sessa and Nick Nelson were the other two options. I'd have probably oh gone God. with them. The um, Sessa's been okay. Like he hasn't been terrible. Like you can't put a rookie in there in that spot. Like come on. Yeah. At first MLB appearance too. I'm not really sure what you're thinking. Runners on. He's been a starter for uh, nearly all of his career or, yeah, all, all of his minor league career, it was just really, really confusing to me, um, just as it was to, to everyone else. I'm not sure um, how much more is to say. And he ultimately failed, which which was not a surprise to literally anyone. I mean, it was not a surprise at all. And the Orioles this year have some hitters in the lineup who have done some damage to the Yankees. And they, of course, were feasting off of him, and it was it was tough to see. I was watching that game Friday night, or Saturday night, it's Friday night, I think it was. I, I forget. The, the, the days are still a big jumbled mess, but my goodness, that was one of the moves that I didn't like. Secondly, uh, it was a 2-1 game. On Sunday against the Orioles, this is one that I had a gripe with. Boone's got a fully rested bullpen uh, from the night before since, you know, Cole did eat several innings. But uh, Luis Sessa, the first one out of a rested bullpen, and Sessa hasn't been bad, like you said. I like that slider down and away to righties. It gets a lot of swing and misses. Luis Sessa, the first one out of a pen, a rested pen, uh, in a 2-1 game, uh, when you're trailing by one run, that, that you have to win to get the split. Uh, and Sessa imploded, uh, or the Blue Jays scored runs off of him. Uh, not imploded, but uh, yeah, that was very confusing to me. Yeah, and, and I, I went after him a little on, on Twitter for, you know, how are you not using Adam Adovino in that spot if you have the fully rested rested pen? And then three days later, Boone makes me look like a complete moron because Adam Adovino comes in uh, on, on Monday and absolutely has one of the worst performances in Major League history. I am, cannot understand what happened there. It didn't seem like Adam Adovino knew what happened there. 
But six earned runs. He brought in three additional runs from uh, that were left on base for him from Chad Green, who also had a disaster performance here. Um, so I, I, I criticize Boone for how he's using Adovino, and then he kind of makes me look stupid with Adovino not being able to strike out a kindergartner. Um, so I mean, so Adovino's the, the second person on the bad list this week. Um, he was unhittable last year. At the beginning of this year, he looked great. I don't know what's changed. Um, he had a 1.8, 1.08 ERA on August 15th versus, uh, when he played versus Boston. Since then, he's been in six games, and his ERA is now 7. Uh, 7.8. I know he's, he hasn't that many innings there, but we're talking multiple appearances where he's given up runs. Gave up three runs uh, versus, versus Tampa in, in a game where he technically gets a blown save. Uh, versus the Mets, the, you know, it was the right call to put him in the game, but it gave up a home run there. I didn't think I was—I wasn't too concerned at that point. I thought it was a blip on the radar. But then he follows it up with this performance in Toronto. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on with Adovino, and his post-game interview seemed like he is a guy that is uh, down in the dumps right now. Um, huge change from from last year, um, but hopefully this he's able to figure it out because the Yankees are going to need to continue to use him. I mean, if you flash back to the playoffs last year against Houston, I mean, he was nearly unpitchable. They knew that. Uh, I don't want to say that they knew that slider was coming, but he had. It was more so that that slider was hanging up in the zone, and hitters were absolutely teeing off. His first pitch to Springer in Game Two, uh, the solo shot that tied the game, was an absolute hater that didn't fool anybody. So I don't know what's up with him. It, it seems like he reminds me of Betantis in terms of being hit or miss. It's either he is unhittable or I know within the first two batters that he does not have it on a, a given night uh, because the Monday night was one of, like you said, the worst outings in major league history. I cannot remember a Yankees reliever imploding in the fashion that he did. Uh, That was, I don't want to say remarkable to see, but it it was eye-opening. And it it made me take a step back and say, wow. I mean, six hitters as a reliever, making $9 million a year, zero outs. It wasn't close. It wasn't close on one batter. It wasn't close on one batter. You felt like that grand slam was coming. Um, you know, you take away that grand slam, the game's technically still in reach, even though you know, the Yankees couldn't hit anything. Um, but that was the one time they were getting runs. I mean, the Yankees scored seven that game. If you're a team that has been struggling to score like the Yankees have and your your lineup is not producing and you score seven runs, you empty the tank in the bullpen to make sure that you get that win. You have to. And that's what Boone's got to do now. That's where he's got to... No more of this bullshit of stealing outs here and there, you know, going an extra, you know, third of an inning here, trying to, you know, Jonathan Holder's actually been pretty good, but he's been, you know, he was the, the whipping boy last year of, you know, Boone trying to steal outs. Um, you can't do that here. As soon as you see that out of, you know, doesn't have it, like you said, it was pretty noticeable. You take him out immediately. I mean, you already used green. You already used, I mean, you used out of, you know, but like in this type of season, Forget you know the norms of saving Chapman and and Britain for the seventh and so the eighth and ninth inning. If the Yankees have a game on the line and their lineup isn't what we expected it to be, you got to have Britain go out there in the fifth sixth inning, and you got to have him get you know save that. If you give up, they gave up ten fucking runs in the sixth inning. They gave up two the rest of the game. 
the sixth inning was the game. And for the Yankees, just for Boone to kind of just leave his two guys out there that we know are struggling. And, you know, and he kind of said it in, um, in one of the, pre- the post-game pressers. He was like, oh, well, obviously I couldn't go to Britain or Chapman in that situation. Like, no, not obvious. Sorry, there's nothing obvious about 2020 here. If there's a big situation on the board, there are big analytic guys. I mean, the Yankees are get crushed all the time for how much they love analytics. They have to know. I mean, that's what kind of – you use Matt Blake for type this too. I mean, he can be on this bad list too because, you know, he came in with a ton of hype and he hasn't really done shit either. Um, you have to know when the important batters are. If there's a batter in the sixth inning of a game with two guys on, that means way more than empty ba- – than, uh, you know – you know, bases empty, no outs in the ninth inning. Use your guys when you can, especially when you're fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, you're right. And shortened season or not, and the Yankees, um, forget the Yankees situation for a sec. The, the Like you said, the analytics show that you should be using your best pitcher um, in the later innings when the situation calls for it. You know, if Two, three, four up in the seventh inning. Maybe you go to your closer then. The, the, the three outs in the ninth often aren't the most important ones of the game. And like you said, you go all hands on deck in that situation. Especially when you've lost four in a row. Like you're, you're, you're not like, oh, we've won 10 of the last 12. It's okay here. The Yankees have lost 15 of the last 20. Like you can't be like, ah, oh, we got to save some guys for tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. Get a win. Yeah, especially when you're in the final third of a 60-game shortened season. Uh, and really, the, the, there was no sense of urgency for me there. I mean, like you said, you felt that grand slam coming, and, and Boone is sitting on the bench doing nothing. How Adovino got to face six hitters in that game was a bit beyond me because the, the grand slam made it 12-6. Um, like you said, that grand slam doesn't happen or only, you know, a run and the Yankees, even with a struggling offense, are still technically within reach. So my goodness, uh, this is crunch time right now. There are 17 games remaining in this season. Uh, and the, the bombers got to find a way, you know, 12 of 17, possibly, uh, it starts at home against the Orioles with a four-game series who just whooped your ass last weekend. Uh, the one game the Yankees won was in extra innings, which, I mean, I'm thinking back right now. Imagine if the ball bounces the other way in that game uh, and extra innings is kind of like this year. It's kind of like Russian roulette with a guy on second base. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, if that if that game – bounce the other way so it's crunch time right now and I don't want to hear anything about tomorrow from Aaron Boone or anyone for that matter it it is win today yeah and that that brings us to the final guy on the bad list we gave him a little credit for the way that he caught Debbie Garcia here but but Gary Sanchez is completely lost at the plate Um, we are I am a big defender of his on all social media formats I think he is a still is like he's still performing you know, above average for catchers, which is just embarrassing to even think. But, you know, he actually is pretty much has like a zero war right now. So he's a replacement level catcher. Uh, he is still the best option, as awesome as it is to have a, a, a dad-like figure in Eric Kratz, and he came up with a couple hits. He's not a long-term option at catcher, and 
for the rest of the season. Same with Kyle Higashioka. They will carry three catchers here, but Gary Sanchez is going to be in the lineup, and he needs to he needs to do something. Literally, fucking anything. He is batting 121 on the year. He's got you know he's getting on base 23 percent of the time. He's striking out 40 40 to 50 percent of the time. He looks lost on the 104 bats. That is just absurd. Struck out one today, too, so that gives him the nice 50. So he's got 50 strikeouts on the year. Um, it, it's it's crazy. That, that, that's, a, that's a number that, you know, what DJ LeMayo strikes out like 50 times the entire year, and Gary's already at 50. Um, he's been dropping in the order pretty much daily. Boom game, a couple days off. He had him above Andujar earlier in the week, but then in, uh, on Wednesday had him below Andujar, uh, batting eighth in the lineup, and he kind of needs to belong there the rest of the year. Um but just an occasional like, I'm not asking for Gary Sanchez to hit 260. Just fucking hit 200, man. Just give me 200 this year, and it can make a big difference for the for the Yankees. And that's that's if, if Gary Sanchez is swinging the bat, it is a. I don't think I've said it a few times already, but it completely changes the Yankees lineup. But he goes from being a complete waste of a, a roster spot to being one of the more dangerous catchers in all of baseball, and it, it's he's sticking around for a few more years. You're not getting sorry, Twitter. You're not trading Gary Sanchez. You're not signing JT Romuto. Those things aren't happening, no matter what happens to the Yankees this year. Uh, trading him at the absolute worst value is the dumbest thing you could do. He's still going to be cheap for the next two years, and the Yankees aren't signing Romuto, who's a plus thirty-year-old catcher, no matter how good he is. That's just not how they've been operating the past few years. So, as terrible as it is, we need to be on the Gary Sanchez chain. He needs to get off the bad list here. He needs to get back to just just doing anything. We're not. I don't need him to be that three four hitter he was in 2017, hitting 34 home runs. Just just get just hit 200, and not be a complete disgrace. That is that that hard to ask? <laughs> no, it's not. And uh, it, it just you mentioned 2017. I can't help but think of that year. You know, he's hitting you know, 270, 280, 33 homers. I don't know what happened. Um, you know that he hit 34 home runs last year. People forget that too. Against the Astros. I don't know what happened. It's, you know, the 2018 was injuries. Um, you know, that effort being put into question, running out that ground ball, or not running out that ground ball in that game against Tampa, his final game before going on the DL. Um, you know, 2019 is a similar story. It looked like he was hitting early. He kind of tailed off late. Right now, he just looks totally unplayable at the plate. But, I mean, he is the best option. But, I mean, holy shit. 0 for 4 with four strikeouts on Saturday against the Orioles. Shouldn't have brought a bat to the – if he did not have bring a bat to the plate, he would have been a better player. And that, that's, you know, that, that's pretty remarkable. He didn't even come close to found off some good pitches that day when he was 0 for 4. That, that golden Sabrera was well-earned and uh, – yeah. It, it, there's there's nothing to see for me too. I mean, I, I, he's one of my favorite Yankees, just like you. The only, well, it was a Cano jersey first, but I, I sported it as a Sanchez jersey. Um, I, I rep that when we're allowed to go to the Yankees games, uh, just to see this guy really go from someone who looked like an MVP candidate in 2017, uh, 2016, and 2017. Um, obviously wasn't winning the award, but he had MVP-type play in 2016 as well. I don't know what happened to this guy. Uh, who broke Gary Sanchez? Please bring him back to me. 
I mean, yeah, like the talent is is was there, and then hopefully they could find it. I mean, in this day and age where it's all about the home run, he's got 112 home runs in 406 games. Like he's averaging a home a home run, at least one home run every four games. He was. You're going to say he still got seven home runs this year, uh, and a couple big ones. You know, huge one, grand slam versus the Mets to, to kind of win that game. Um, the, you know, the, the little spark is always there, and that's why you kind of kind of have to trust. You know, when Boone throws him in the lineup is, you know, he needs one one swing to hit a ball 500 feet. And if that one swing could come in the bottom of the ninth inning, and it, I mean, this year it's happening once every 20 games where it was happening once every, you know, four games the past few years. It, it's it's a big difference here. Um, I, I'm sorry, no matter what Eric Kratz does, that guy's not hitting a home run. He's not going to perform that game. I mean, I, if he could we can give him one of those maybe uh, Mark McGuire uh, old kitty bats there and a beach ball. The ball, he's still not going to be hitting home runs out of my backyard. Um, and it's it's a day and age where the home run is, is is king. And Gary still has seven home runs. He looks absolutely terrible at the plate. But it's going to be weird looking back at how terrible Gary Sanchez has, has been this year. And he's going to finish with like 10 home runs. It's going to be weird because he's going to be batting 112. Yeah, you're right. Still seven home runs. You know, that huge one against the Mets. Um, I, I One for four, you know, give me two for nine o- over both games. Anything at this point. Uh, it, it's getting it's getting bad. And watching this guy is really, really rough. It's almost like I don't want to compare him to Chris Davis. And his years with the Orioles, but it's kind of a similar feel. Totally. I mean, the Yankees pitchers for you know the last couple of years have treated Chris Davis like he was a high school level player uh, at the end of a JV bench stepping up to the plate. I mean, when they knew they needed an out and Chris Davis was up in the on deck circle. It was four pitches, you know, not thrown, and then Chris Davis being thrown up there and striking out on four or five pitches. That's what it feels like with Gary Sanchez right now. Um, And I am easier on him than most. Steve, like you said, just get me to 200 this year, and I'm not complaining. In a regular season, I'll take, you know, High 230s, mid 240s with his power that he displays in the OPS. But right now, we're in automatic out territory. And we need to find a way out of that. Or else, when there's runners on base late in the game, I know you're not. um, I know Eric Kratz isn't a long-term option. and I'm not suggesting um, that he pinch hit for Sanchez. But if you need a ground ball, like you might go to Kratz. I know Boone pinch hit Sanchez for Kratz uh, against the Mets, but I think you might be seeing Gary Sanchez get pinch hit for if there's runners on and the Yankees are down a run or two. Yeah, it's very possible. If, if he comes up and there's, you know, you know, where simply a ground ball scores a run, maybe you do that over the, you know, the, the, the 50% chance that he's going to strike out and kill a rally. It, it's possible. I don't really know. It's to. I'm at a loss. I, I, it's tough, like you said, very similar to Chris Davis. Like there, there are there, there was once a talent that they can hit a baseball a country mile. It doesn't go away. You you could not like there was there was times where people feared Gary Sanchez. If you missed your mark on a fastball, it was gone. 
And now it's like, oh, as long as I don't throw the ball over the catcher's head, we're going to get Gary out. And, and that needs to change. And uh, it, it's a bummer. It's, it's, it's depressing to watch up there. You can just see his the way his, he carries himself. And But as, as it did on Wednesday night, he didn't let it affect how he calls a game. And, you know, threw, helped throw a great game with, with Debbie Garcia. So we'll, we'll see what happens with Gary. Uh, the final injured list here, that you know, the good, the bad, and the injured for the Yankees is, uh, is a rough one this week, even though it's only one player. Uh, we had a few weeks where we had three or four players uh, on this portion of the show, but it's Gio Urshela here. He's got some bone spurs, received a quarter zone shot, um, and he's going to be out for you know another week for the, for the Yankees. Just when he was starting to to come up with some big hits, uh, you know, Gio has has been a, a godsend the past year and a half for the Yankees, um, and then to lose him, you know, in the lineup is huge. The Yankees haven't been hitting, so to lose a guy that actually you know. Is hitting. Uh, he's only batting 225 this year, but that, that's a big improvement uh, to most of the Yankees in the lineup here. We got to get like five or six guys that are under under 200 that are in the starting lineup, and then defensively as well, it changes the whole the whole dynamic of the infield here. DJ Lemayo takes over at third. Um, a big. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a long term injury. Uh, the quarter zone shot should work. Aaron Boone's hoping to to get him back. You know, at the minimum 10 days, maybe 12 max. Um, but it's it sounds like his bone spur is going to be something he's got to deal with the rest of the year. This could be something that flares up on him in in hopefully a playoff. You know, the Yankees are in the playoffs. This could pop up on him in a playoff series, and he has to sit out a couple games because it's a pretty strong pain. It seems like so uh, something the Yankees have to manage the rest of this year in a time where we really need everybody to play, no matter what the pain is. Yeah, and th- this bone spur, it's kind of like. Aaron Hicks last year with that elbow uh, and how he hurt it. Not, not like the same injury, but I, I think it's something that's going to linger. And uh, that was the case for Hicks. And that's going to be the case for um, Urshela, it seems like here. You know, the quarters are tough. One thing, it, it definitely helps. But, yeah, the the infield's configured. You know, they use it third base. Um, so. And the Yankees, Urshela was cooling a little bit before, uh, after his torrid start to the year. Uh, maybe but, but he was picking it back this. up. He was picking it right back up. Before going on the yeah. DL, he had three consecutive multi-hit games. That's, that's huge. He was picking it right yeah. back up. Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe he was playing with uh, through this for a, a little bit during his cold spell. But it's uh, really tough to lose him. Uh, his bat and his defense, really this year, he was emerging as I, – I thought in the – early in the year we were talking about that he was legitimately uh, on his way to being a star after the season he had last year. Uh, so, yeah, 272, six homers uh, on the year, and he's, uh, he's going to be on the shelf. I wonder when he'll come back because he's a big – big loss uh, offensively and defensively so um godspeed yeah. um quarter zone shots uh, we're gonna need them to come through here yeah and he's gonna need to take i don't know how often you could take them but if you could take a quarter zone shot every every week just get it done i don't know if that like knocks him out for a game or two here but like we said he's uh yeah you're right he's been 272 i was off with the, with the 222 that was glaber um in his last 10 10 games he's batting you know, over over 300, and he's getting on base, I said, multiple times. Um, and you put that whole combination of 
Clint Frazier still still doing really well. Uh, you know, Aaron Hicks is getting the walks. You got Clint Frazier. You got Glaber Torres. Hopefully, can turn it around and Duhar get into rhythm. G or Shella. Now all of a sudden, your middle of your lineup is is looking a lot better than than it has been. While your top of the lineup is still DJ and and Luke Voigt. You know, it's 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 a big difference here. That you need to. Typically, in a longer season, we'd be sitting here saying, weather the storm, figure it out. You know, baseball kind of is a sport where water always finds its level. And if you're a good team, you're likely going to end up being a good team at the end of the year and, and making the playoffs. So what happens in the playoffs is a different story. But there, there, there's not enough time for water to find its level now because there's only 60 games. He's got 17 games left. That, that's it. It's, it's versus teams they should be beating. A lot versus Toronto, like we said. They've got Boston, who they haven't lost to this year. Uh, Miami was making a push, but they seem to be struggling. They, they gave up like 25 runs on Wednesday. 29-9, right? 29-9, amazing. Uh, so these are games the Yankees need to win, but also it's looking like these are games the Yankees are going to need to score. Um, so we need that lineup to, to, to start, and it's going to start right with Baltimore. We've had fun with Baltimore the past few years, um, and now heading into you know the, the end of this week and into the weekend, four big games versus Baltimore coming up here. Yeah, for sure, and the Yankees lost three of four to to the Orioles last weekend. And how how rare is that? I mean, this is a, the winning streak got up to eighteen or nineteen games, I believe. Uh, so for that to happen was so out of whack. Uh, the Yankees in Baltimore last weekend did, did nothing right. I mean, hitting, pitching. Bullpen, none of it was good. Uh, the bullpen especially, and the offense. Uh, I'd like to single those two out. So, the Yankees are back at Yankee Stadium. It seems like they haven't played a game at Yankee Stadium against the uh, a team that was not named the Rays or the Mets in a long time. That that's something that just came to mind for me. I, I am going to. Um, August 17th versus Boston was the last non-Yankees game at Yankee Stadium versus the Razor Mets. No, I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong. It's been a long freaking time. That that's that's almost three weeks. Yeah, that, that is that is that is quite long. So they'll be back for the next seven games. Baltimore versus Toronto, kicking it off Thursday. Cole Tanaka, Montgomery, Hap. Honestly, that, that that's a in normal circumstances. That's a full sweep. You need to the way that Hap's been pitching. Uh, you know the, the the weak link here is is Jordan Montgomery, um, but the Yankees need, it's a sweep. The you have to sweep the, the Baltimore Orioles. The Yankees can do that. I mean, they're still ESPN hasn't predicted at to make the playoffs at eighty nine percent right now. They were at ninety nine last time we recorded, so that rough week bumped them down ten percent. But it is uh, it, it is what we're gonna do. So like I said, Cole Tanaka Montgomery and, and Hap for versus. First Baltimore, and then they go uh, again versus Toronto. Um, Sam, I'm going to cut us short here a little because I hear the baby crying, and I don't want to get in trouble by my wife. So it's been a thank you for listening to podcasts and in pinstripes. Give me what's going to happen the week ahead, Sam. Give me some good news as we sign off. Uh, the Yankees are going to sweep the Baltimore Orioles. Has to be. Has to happen. And uh, we'll probably see you next week before the Red Sox series. Let's get a five-game winning streak, six-game winning streak going here. Um, five of six at the very least uh, before we next record. Um, because this team desperately needs it. I'll take it. Yeah, sweep the Orioles uh, and take two at the 
eight innings, no runs from Garrett Cole in the series opener against Baltimore. Book it. Book it. We'll see you guys next week. Sam, always great talking to you. Oh, my God.